Hello and welcome back to the Silver Screen and Roll Podcast Network. This is I Love Basketball. I'm your host, Sabrina Merchant, and I am joined by Anthony Irwin to continue our player preview series here on the podcast. Anthony, what's up? Hanging. I was just, we were just laughing a second ago because the two things that we're going to talk about here are Trevor Ariza and succession. And I'm yeah. so much more excited to talk about succession. <laughs> uh, you know, no disrespect to Trevor Ariza, but it's September 15th. We have, I think, 18 days before uh, the Lakers first preseason game. Mm-hmm. In those 18 games, I have to try to squeeze as much success in into my life so I can get back on track for October 17th when that show comes back. Yeah. I mean, uh, we're going to talk about it later, but there's a, there's quite a lot of parallels to draw between the Lakers and succession. And I am delighted to get into those, but first things first, uh, the the Lakers are starting their season at about the same time that succession is. So, you know, one, (laughs) one thing probably takes precedent over the other. And of all of the familiar faces that the Lakers welcomed back this off season, I was most excited for Trevor Reza. And I don't think that's because he's going to have the biggest impact on the team. Um, I think it's fair to say Kent Bazemore is the clubhouse leader among former Lakers who will be impacting this 2021-22 team. God, that is a mouthful to say out loud. Um, But just like nostalgically, Trevor Reza is part of probably my second favorite Laker team ever. And I don't know how your personal rankings go, but uh, I was just absolutely enamored with that 2008-2009 group. That playoff run, um, even though it includes one of my very least favorite Lakers playoff series, uh, the just absolute slog of a seven-game series win over the Rockets, that although Louis Scola got the crap beat out of him, like that's that right there makes that series a little more worth it. There was just so much Aaron Brooks and Chuck Hayes that I just did not need any more of that ever. Uh, but yeah, like that finals round against the Magic, the conference finals against the Nuggets, hard to express how much I enjoyed those two series. And yeah, looking back on like my 30 whatever years of Laker fandom second favorite team. And a lot of that is because of just what a fantastic fit Trevor Riza was on that team. Um, I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little less enthused about his fit, fit on this team, just because, you know, it's been 13, 13. years since he was on that team. <laughs> yeah. Um, and there were a few times in the interim when I thought that the Lakers would be reunited with Trevor Riza, uh, most famously They've back in 2018 <laughs> when they tried to trade KCP for Riza. Um, that was, I believe six teams ago for Trevor Reza because he was on the Suns at that time. <laughs> yeah. Went to the Wizards, then the Kings, then the Blazers, then the Heat. And now he's on the Los Angeles Lakers yet again. Um, first things first, Anthony, what were your impressions of when Ariza rejoined the Lakers? All right. Well, first things, first things first. You mentioned Chuck Hayes. <laughs> Chuck Hayes waddled so that <laughs> PJ Tucker could waddle slightly faster. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, NBA uh, champion PJ Tucker is how you're contractually <laughs> obligated to refer to him. That that series, like you're talking about with that Houston team, was just it was so brutal. It was so frustrating at times. And finally, like my I, I'm glad that we're talking about Trevor Reason in the context of that series because he said after the fact that that series changed completely when Derek Fisher elbowed the crap out of Luis Scola. <laughs> Like he admitted to that afterward. It made me so much more like you said that that much higher on Ariza. Um, and then and then yeah, like they've been, you know, they they had the kind of mix up with Trevor Ariza's agent, and then they brought in Ron Artest. And I think once they brought in Ron Artest, uh, Ariza didn't really see a similar role for himself, so he pursued more money and a bigger role elsewhere. And it's worked out for both sides. I think that that decision, mm-hmm. the Lakers won a championship. I believe Trevor Reza won one too. Didn't I think he won? Uh, I don't think so. Oh well, bummer. Yeah. You should have come back earlier. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, I I think with uh, I think now where he's at, I think Lakers fans' expectations might be slightly higher than they should be for him because it has been so long, and and the type of player he is now is very different from the type of player that the Lakers 
uh, traded for back when they made one of my favorite trades of all time. I think it was Maurice Evans and Brian Cook for Trevor Ariza. Incredible uh, value upgrade. Just absolutely oh my God. incredible. I, I, so at that time I was living at my folks and they're, um, they have a two-story house and their living room ceiling is maybe, maybe eight and a half feet, maybe okay. like nine, <laughs> nine, nine, nine feet. And at that time, you know, I was, I was trying to walk on at, um, Cal State Fullerton. And so at that time I was a decent athlete and it just randomly popped up. This was like right at the, right as you know, you were getting Woj notifications and stuff like that. It's a it very was, early trade in the season too. Like maybe mm-hmm. a couple of weeks into the start of the year. Yeah. It was a total shocker. And, and uh, I was just sitting there watching sports center and you get sports center alert Lakers make a trade. And, uh, and so I, I'm like, well, this, this, this should be interesting. And, and they announced a trade. It was Evans and cook for Ariza. And I jumped up with such vigor that I almost hit my head on that ceiling that I was just, I was so excited <laughs> that, like that I had to stick my, so like, like a to, like, seven foot ceiling is what we're talking about. <laughs> it was like four and a half. They actually live underground. <laughs> um, <laughs> but they, you know, so, so I, I jump up, my dad works his, like his room. He, he has like a home office in his room and uh, he like works right above us. And he hears like this thud that was like my elbow area trying to stop myself from breaking my neck on this on this ceiling. And my dad comes down the down the thing. And he's like, what the hell just happened? And I said, Lakers got rid of Brian Cook. They did it. They, they no longer have. He's like, oh, that makes sense. That's it. That's <laughs> this is when Mitch Kupchak was just on an absolute heater of moves. Just oh, man. Peak Mitch Kupchak. Like yeah. people have forgotten because of Lou Aldang and Timothy Mozgov, and he mm-hmm. deserves to have some of that. Forgotten sure, sure. It, it ended poorly. It ended. Yeah. But like, as Twitter would say, prime Mitch Kupchak was a bucket. A bucket. Yeah. <laughs> a bucket. Especially like working on the margins and stuff like that w- yeah. when they had a really good team. Uh, it was, Shannon it was, Brown it was, deal worked out really nicely. Yeah. Uh, and that was, that was a, that was the Adam Morrison deal first. Mm-hmm. And then it didn't really work out for Adam Morrison, but Shannon Brown shows up and was just found money. But yeah. So uh, now where they are with, with uh, Trevor Reza and, and what he brings to the table, I think, I, I, I think he's fine on a veterans minimum, but I, I, I would, I would temper expectations for Lakers fans. Right. So I, I think a lot of this comes down to what you see the Lakers starting lineup looking like and then how Ariza slots in behind that. Um, uh, I think you and I are of the belief that the Lakers are going to start a traditional center alongside Anthony Davis, which means Anthony Davis will be the four um, to begin mm-hmm. games. Uh, presumably that's Dwight Howard. Uh, I just think he's better than DeAndre Jordan at this point in their careers. Um, I think at every point in their careers, actually, Dwight Howard's been better than DeAndre Jordan. So let's put it that way. Uh, yeah. Yep. So does that make Ariza or Mello the primary backup four in this case? Ooh. Or can they play together? I think, man, I hope the Lakers don't think they together, can actually. play Ariza primarily at small forward. That would be a disaster. That would not end well. I guess it depends on who you're going up against. Like, uh, I think he definitely is more of a four defensively. Mm-hmm. Um but like if you play him next to LeBron James, then like does it really matter who the three is, who the four is? You know? Mm-hmm. Like I, I think yeah. that's perfectly sustainable as a, a four tandem. Last year, Trevor Ariza played 96%. No, and only 35 games. Um, that needs to be the disclaimer here because the last couple of years for Ariza have been kind of hectic for everybody. But mm-hmm. um last year he only played 35 games. And in those 35 games for Miami, 96% of his minutes were at, at power forward. Yeah. Which uh, I think I, I think for where the game is at right now, I think that kind of makes some sense. I will say this. like, I think what we have to do when we're talking about the Lakers positionally at all times is basically everything is supersized. Mm-hmm. Every, every, everything about their approach is we want to be bigger, stronger, faster at every position uh than the team that we're playing against we aren't going i think they kind of acknowledge that they aren't going to outspace anybody they might outpace some teams just because of the way that russell westbrook wants to play and Mm -hmm. 
And, uh, and when Anthony, like Anthony Davis doesn't really want to bang in the half court. So the only way that he's going to get easy looks is probably in transition. Those leak outs. Exactly. Yeah. And, and so, so I think for the Lakers, like on the vast majority of teams, Ariza would be a power forward. That, that's just where he would be at this stage of his career for this Lakers team. I, I would imagine they see him as a, as a small forward and we'll see how that goes. Like you're saying some matchups, it'll be fine. Other matchups, especially against teams that, you know, do have smaller, quicker approaches to the game. I think Ariza is really going to struggle. Yeah. And I mean, he, he did play mostly at the four with Miami last year, but the year before that he was primarily a three with Portland and uh, far more successful there than he was, you know, when they tried to use him differently. So anywhere. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's just all about the context of who you surround him with, right? Um, if there's good shooting in the backcourt, then by all means, you can put Trevor Reza at the three and not feel badly about it. And if you're playing a team that actually has forward size players instead of like a three guard lineup, I mean, I, I don't really trust Trevor Reza to be guarding like a, a big guard, you know, mm-hmm. as opposed to like an actual wing. Um, but yeah, that's all very matchup specific. And kind of the beauty of the Laker roster is that um, everyone has sort of agreed to the fact that or I don't know if they, they've publicly like, you know, said that they're perfectly happy with whatever role is available to mm-hmm. them, provided that they're, you know, helping the team succeed. And, you know, you have all of these different options, like, like a Bazemore, like an Ellington, like a Ariza, just to plug in, you know, depending on that matchup context. But uh, so I, I didn't watch a ton of Ariza in Miami last year, just because, I mean, he were like kind of unwatchable for a lot of the year. Yeah. Uh, their, their style is a bit of a slog. Um, but when he was in Portland, um, and I, I know we talked about this basically like a year ago at this time, uh, when the Lakers were playing the Blazers in the playoffs, was that his absence in the bubble was fairly noticeable, right? Mm-hmm. Like he was a productive player for that Blazers lineup and like actually someone who you could put on a power wing and say like Ariza is going to make your life difficult mm. and or more again, difficult it, than the other wings that they had there. True. True. But I do think that like um, it wasn't just that he was, well, for me, it wasn't just that he was like better than what the Blazers had because that's a very low bar to clear. Um, <laughs> I actually think he was pretty decent with the Blazers yeah. um, mm-hmm. and that it's been a while, right? Like he did not play in the bubble. So that was last March that we're talking about. Um, he hasn't played a ton since then because he took off most of the first part of the season. I think he was part of some trade to the thunder. Everybody gets involved in some sort of trade to the thunder. And so he just like took off the first part of the season before Miami scooped him up the deadline. Um, how confident are you that there's like a, that version of Ariza still out there? Or are we dealing with like a, a creakier version at this point? I think he's going to be a creakier version no matter what. Like, I don't think there's any way around that. That's just how father time works for everybody mm-hmm. not named LeBron. Uh, but, but I do think, though, that with, with who he'll be surrounded by, I think we won't notice the creakiness as much. Like, I think one thing that uh, he struggled with last season, just based on some, like, talks that you have with people who cover the heat, was, like, his shooting didn't meet expectations Um, and I think that had a lot to do with like the timing wasn't great because Miami's spacing was, was pretty awful. They, they, uh, they made the Lakers look like the seven seconds or less suns uh, (laughs) for some stretches. And, and so I think when, when Ariza is who you're relying on to be the spacing, uh, I don't think that's the, the shooting role that, that he should be asked uh, to fill, but with the Lakers, I think, you know, if he's out there with LeBron, and if he's out there with uh, even Carmelo Anthony and and if he's out there with like Bazemore and Russ and AD um, playing more of a five, which like, by the way, like, that's just like always a disclaimer. If AD is playing the five, like everything just makes more sense. But um, if he's playing out there with other guys who can space the floor and be and he can be like the second or third best shooter out there, I think his role makes more sense offensively and then defensively. We saw Marcus all be fine at the early part of the, of, of last season as a, like a more creaky, slower defender. We've seen Dwight Howard, who is no longer anywhere close to his prime 
fill that role as well. JaVale McGee was, is not exactly uh, fleet of foot. And I think, I think with, with he's got some pace. Well, he's all right. He's like, he's, he's funny in the way that he is fast because he takes such long strides. So he can clear a bunch of space, but he's also yeah. capable of like, he's kind of like a golfer who, who drives the ball 500 yards, but you have no idea where that thing is going. Yeah. Like occasionally you hit it right down the fairway and you're set up with like a hundred yard pitch to, to, to get onto the green or whatever. Other times you have 350 yards to make up because the ball's three fairways away yeah. from you. Um, but so like with, with Ariza though, I think he's smart enough to, to understand he's a little creaky. And I think Frank Vogel is smart enough to understand that Trevor Ariza's a, a little creaky. And I don't, I don't think they'll ever really rely on Trevor to, Hey, we, Hawaii is killing us. Can you go just single-handedly go out on an Island and, and be comfortable out there? No, <laughs> if that's ever something that they ask for, um, I don't think they could, I don't think he could do that against Kawhi in his current physical state. But I, if, if, if they're just saying like, just be a good team defender, be in the right place more often than not, then I think Ariza can very easily fill that role defensively. Yeah. I, I sort of see Ariza filling the coups role defensively mm-hmm. where he is the, the primary wing defender, not named LeBron. And like, you know, Kuzma was obviously not tasked with stopping Kawhi Leonard or Paul George in any of those regular season matchups, but mm-hmm. I thought he did a very good job of making their life more challenging. Yeah. And um, that's... Can you push that player to help? You know, yeah. like that's, can, can you, can you hold that, hold on to that guy long enough so that we can get another rotational defender over there? Right, right. And, you know, Kuzma's like 13, not 13, actually. Kuzma's a little bit older than I anticipate. He's like 10 years younger than Trevor Ariza. So, <laughs> uh there's, you know, there's, there's some athleticism gap there, but I do think that for his entire career, Reese has been a smart positional defender. And I trust that if anything, Frank Vogel will create a system to optimize his best defenders, because that is what Frank Vogel is best at. And, you know, he's, Ariza has looked better as a shooter in more competent offensive systems. Like his shooting was loads better in Portland than it was in Miami. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, coming off of a more traditional off season this time around, as opposed to just having to work out on his own for a year, like he did during his last time off. So I, I, I'm kind of expecting more of the Portland Ariza than I am the Miami Ariza, just because the, the conditions are more like regimented for him this time around. Mm -hmm. Like he's not just plopping into a new team after you're off and like the offense makes more sense. We should also point out for Ariza, like his his last couple of years have been more of a whirlwind than most NBA players, right? Absolutely. Because the bubble he had, he didn't he didn't go to the bubble because of a a custody uh, thing. Pater- yeah, a, cu- yeah. A, a a child custody thing. So like that's gonna that's gonna be brutal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have you have you go from that, and then bang, you're on a different team. You're a subject of trade part different trade partners and stuff then you arrive in miami and they're looking at you as like hey can you be our only floor spacer because duncan like Robinson Crowder, Tyler basically. Hero. <laughs> yeah could, could you could you fill a role that you probably aren't quite ready for physically in those things and so i think here it'll be a smaller role than he's played in the last couple of years um he's going to be surrounded by uh other smart defenders you know like if it's like a lebron ariza ad front court that's about as good as you can kind of off ask for in, Mm -hmm. in the modern NBA. And so if, if he's surrounded by that, then that's, he's, he's more than capable of filling that. Um, But I think, I think like just for pure context uh, his last couple of years, again, there are some people, especially even in the NBA by NBA player standards who have had it tougher, but uh, he's, he's dealt with some stuff that even amongst a, a world that has faced some upheaval with COVID, he has faced some extra stuff on top of that. Right. And then, you know, to come out of all of that and end up back in Los Angeles, which he still considers home mm-hmm. and to be on a team where, you know, he produced arguably as well as he has in his entire career and clearly a place that still means something to him. Right. Mm-hmm. With uh, another UCLA, UCLA guy in Russ and like former teammate and 
I, I feel like a lot of these guys are probably his former teammates. I haven't gone through the entire web of it, um, but I know he played with Mello in Portland. That yeah. much I am absolutely positive of. <laughs> so there's there's just got to be like a good grounding element to like being back on the Lakers. And I think, you know, playing for this team can be a lot of pressure for a lot of guys around the league. Like it's high stakes. The lights are on you all the time. But for Riza, I think being with the Lakers is the outside things are more of a positive for him than they would be for potentially other players. Yeah. I, and, and I also think like the last intangible factor here in talking about all of coming home and in those things is I think, I think veterans recognize, Hey, I have one punch left in me. Right. And I, I think when, when you're a veteran and you're lucky enough to have that last punch be in an organization that you clearly care about a, a city that you clearly care about it's a lot easier to just lay back and really let it rip and and i think for for where trevor is at like again i would always i i, I would always say to lakers fans like don't go back and watch old <laughs> lakers or visa <laughs> clips he's not going to dunk on grant hill uh, again the way he dunked on grant hill not going to block i think he blocked jerry stackhouse with uh dallas um, that that insane like game ending block that he had. Um, he's not going to get up and, and make those kinds of athletic plays anymore. Uh, so I wouldn't expect that. But, you know, you you can't be around as many organizations and, and in as many positive situations as Trevor Reza has been in and not pick up how to win along the way. Um, and that's before you account for the fact that he already won with the Lakers. So all of that comes together. And I think I think this is probably getting close to the end of his career, maybe one or two years beyond this, maybe. And if that's the case, then I, I think this is the exact kind of situation that Ariza himself would want to end his, his career in. I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm fully expecting him to cause steals on inbounds plays again, like he did back yeah. in 2009. Um, although it's it's a little bit more challenging when Melo is your teammate and not the one throwing the inbounds passes. But <laughs> we need to bring uh, Lamar Odom out of retirement so that he can contest those. Can passes again. Lamar never got enough credit for being the one who actually, like, you know, put some pressure on those passes to begin with but i remember everybody looked back at like felt like as it was happening, he's like oh my god what a genius move by phil jackson to put lamar odom there i'm like it's genius to put the, the seven the, the guy. Guy. <laughs> <laughs> no we're gonna have you know we'll have mike penberthy put Derek fisher in there in yeah. The, uh. yeah. <laughs> yeah that phil jackson you know knew a thing or two about coaching turns out Turns out better than pop. Anyway, uh, so that's that's basically what we're looking for with Ariza. Uh, I think all in all, just like you said, really good value for a veteran's minimum. Happy to have him back. Um, mm-hmm. As much as we make fun of the Lakers for, <clears throat> you know, the number one item on their free agency checklist being "Have you been a Laker before?" Mm-hmm. I'm delighted that he's here. Like again, yeah. just tremendously good times with Ariza. I think he's just generally regarded as a really good teammate around the league. Like there's a reason why he's been the guy pretty much at every deadline that contenders are trying to acquire. And that has been the case for many seasons. Um, Mm -hmm. Again, we don't know how much he has left in him, but I, I do believe that he's, he's going to have a good time in LA and, you know, just, I was, I was really excited when I got the notification and nothing has changed over the last month or so since that happened. So yeah. Fun, fun fact. Uh, Trevor Reza actually attended Harrison's uh, college graduation. Was he like the speaker? <laughs> no, I think he had seen knew somebody else who was. <laughs> 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 but we sat next to Trevor or no, he sat like directly in front of us. And I was like, because Jen uh, was there. I was I was there for for Harrison and Jen came with and I was like, Jen, that's that's Trevor Reza. And I think at that time, also, like there was. You know, he was getting ready to make a free agent decision. So I like I tweeted out, hey, Trevor Ariza is here at Harrison's um, <laughs> graduation from Cal State Fullerton and immediately got a deluge of, hey, ask him, ask him if he's coming to the Lakers. Ask him if he's hey, guys, can we just pause this graduation really quick? So <laughs> I can ask Trevor Ariza. Like, pass a note over it. Like, oh, Trevor, <laughs> check yes, coming back to the Lakers. <laughs> It's back like, no, <laughs> not yet. 
three Not more yet. years. <laughs> hey, it happened uh, all in good time. Looking forward to it. Uh, yeah. So let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and talk about the topic that you and I were more excited to discuss today. <laughs> all right. So the Lakers season tips off this year on October 19th. Uh, succession comes back on October 17th. And I don't think you and I are alone in noticing that there are some distinct similarities between these long-standing family businesses with lots and lots of drama at the top. <laughs> <laughs> the the comparison was a, a little bit more apt back, you know, before Jeannie fully took over. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it was, it was for a while there. I remember at, on multiple occasions asking if I can just launch a podcast series comparing like Lakers brass to succession characters. And, and um, they were worried that we were going to get sued because there was too much in common, Mm. (laughs) but, but but regardless, I think there's still a lot in common here. Who's your favorite succession character? Greg. Yeah, definitely (laughs) Greg. (laughs) In preparation for this as my job, I watched just like, Loads and loads of videos on just the big best Greg moments. <laughs> Succession. <laughs> I do think my favorite scene is hitting him with water. Okay, so <laughs> my favorite is when he's getting questioned by the the senator that Shiv used to work for and just like refuses to answer normally. <laughs> and it's like I just want to you know ensure that I am replying in the affirmative. So it shall. <laughs> so it shall be. <laughs> He's it's so really good. good stuff. <laughs> he's, he's, he, and he just, he acts it like to perfection. Mm-hmm. He has that one scene in the bathroom, right? I think or, where, where he's like mimicking Tom's voice, like <laughs> as he's doing. Really, he's everything really about good the stuff. Guy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I'm with you there. I think I'm with you on, on Gregory. Yeah, so like, you and I... I'm Gregory now. <laughs> <laughs> no. I don't know if you've had friends like this who just decide at a certain point in their life that they no longer want to go by a nickname. And Mm. if you've known them for a certain number of years, it is impossible to change. Like I have so many friends from college who uh, have like in the intervening years have decided to like go with an expanded form of their name or like, you know, James instead of Jimmy or something like that. And Mm. like nothing changes. And then, and then you're like the jerk when you meet up with our new friends and like, everybody's like, yo, that's like, you know, Jim over there. And I was like, you mean Jimmy? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I'm get, I would imagine most people listening to this now know that um, all throughout like my childhood, I went by Fred. Mm-hmm. Um, friends and family all knew me as Fred. Frederick is my middle name. Um, and so like professionally, I, I, this was a conscious decision. I just wanted to be Anthony professionally and Fred with like people who actually know me. Um, it, but I still get countless, like like a, a ton of crap for it. You know, mm-hmm. oh, you're Anthony. No, I just told you, you can call me Fred. You can, <laughs> are you sure you don't be Frederick? No, no, Fred, Fred's still fine. Still, <laughs> still same guy. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a tough, tough balance to strike. Um, but yeah, just him trying to go by Gregory. And he gets to the haircut, you know, to like freshen the image because he just wanted someone to touch his head. <laughs> great stuff everything about him is amazing yeah yeah i mean a lot of a lot of good choices for favorite characters um mm-hmm. there there are times when i was watching season two where i really thought roman was going to take the lead for me um mm-hmm. but just the the like jokes per minute with greg is really hard to beat um, yeah he's up there with jason mendoza for like most <laughs> of, most efficient comedic characters <laughs> <laughs> really really right up there in such different ways you know yeah uh, yeah it's beautiful <laughs> and yet similar like, yeah. <laughs> just... all right we gotta who's your, we gotta get out of this who are, you, who are you starting with here with uh with lakers as succession characters yeah so you know when i first saw the show I'm like my the, the pilot episode i'm like oh so so logan is jerry bus yeah um and the more i think about it i kind of think logan is lebron james <laughs> Dude, oh my no way. That was gonna be my great revelation. Oh, no. like, <laughs> absolutely. Like it seemed very obvious that he was going to be Jerry Buzz, like this patriarch, you know, of the business. And 
like spoiler alert he like looks like he's about to die at the very beginning of it um yeah but no he's he's lebron because for for better or worse lebron is the architect of the laker family business at this point and every time you think he's out he just sort of pulls his way back in you know (laughs) to exert control uh and yeah it just everything runs through him every decision that is made goes through lebron and everyone around him is subtly terrified of him. <laughs> In some cases, not so subtly. <laughs> like, like, I think Taylor Horton Tucker is actually terrified of LeBron. Like, no. that, I would, I would imagine. I also like Logan is is very good at making people feel like they have sway, like making mm-hmm. people think they have power when he wants them to be more confident. When it's on her, his terms. All of said confidence is on his terms and he can take that away in a second. Mm-hmm. But like, I think, I think LeBron is also like that. Where like with AD, he's like, oh yeah, man, you're, you're empowered too. Totally. Absolutely. You are totally empowered. But I'm sure like this off season, he's been like, Hey, are you going to play the five? You know, like actually <laughs> rolled a basket on some. <laughs> pick and roll can, you like, can you do some of the things that you're actually good at? Like, yeah. <laughs> can we just like get back to some of that? Um, and yeah. I, I could see Logan Roy. Uh, with a with a semi with a pretty similar approach right and every time um like it seems like logan is ceding control to one of the kids or somebody else like there just is a decision where he snaps back and is like no i'm the final say again westbrook it's it's, exactly that's what i was gonna say (laughs) (laughs) it's like oh oh you think you're gonna get buddy healed no 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 No. me ad and duds we already figured this out rob we got you (laughs) By the way, Duds, you're gone. You're gone. <laughs> well, I'm sorry to, you know, destroy your major revelation here, but uh, yeah. So Logan, LeBron. Um, well, what who, does who this is mean next for like, who, okay. like, what is, because if Jeannie is, if Jeannie isn't Logan Roy, mm-hmm. and I feel like Kendall is a little too, like their relationship is too combative for her to be Kendall. Right. Uh, I did not have her as Kendall. And even Shiv, like Shiv, Shiv is the, the easy, like it's, it's the one that I think everybody would go to. I don't know if there is like a, a is she Roman? Because I feel like at the very end of the second season, Roman started to align himself with, with, with Logan. Mm-hmm. And I actually I kind had, of feel like that's, that's who I have. I had Genius Marsha. Oh, that's a good okay. one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> Just... <laughs> I mean, she's, she's there obviously. And she, uh, has Logan's ear, you know, um, in a way that I think, you know, Jeannie is definitely like, likes to be in lockstep with LeBron, but like how much of the decision-making really is she making Mm -hmm. versus Logan? Yeah. Like I, I think I'm trying to say this in a, in a way that isn't completely dismissive of Jeannie bus, but like, Mm -hmm. Like there, Jeannie would be looked at completely different if not for LeBron showing up, right? Like I, mm-hmm. like the coup, all of that. Like she was successful in 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 improving the organization by getting uh, Jim Bus up out of there, right? Mm-hmm. And and we talked at the top of the show about like how Mitch Kupchak had kind of lost it, especially right. as more teams were more open to tampering. Like exactly. Mitch Kupchak is, is actively the had bad. passed him by, yeah, yeah, for your organization if he isn't willing to tamper. Um, and so like, and she, I think with, when it comes to Marsha and, and her relationship with Logan, like once Logan passes, I don't know if Marsha has that same sway in the huh. show. And I don't like, I don't know what things are going to look like for Jeannie whenever Le- LeBron decides to move on that. That's the, it's, 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 a, that's spot on. I'm, I'm, I'm with you on, on Marsha. Can I have, can I have Rob Polenka be Greg? <laughs> Or is he more Tom? I actually had Rob as Kendall. <laughs> really? Yeah. Actively like working so, against LeBron. I wouldn't say that. It's, okay. Kendall is not always working All against right, Logan, fair. right? Yeah. There is a very, uh, it, it flows, right? Like at times he's mm-hmm. very much on the side of his father. And at times, you know, again, like the very last episode we saw, he's working against <laughs> his father. Yeah. But uh, he's so dedicated to the family business, right? Like Rob yeah. cares so much about the Lakers. Like this is, and he'll do literally anything <laughs> to try to make what he yep. thinks is right happen. Right. 
um, he gets, he gets a lot of flack, right? People make a, take a lot of shit right? like, <laughs> with all due respect to Rob Valenka. <laughs> could totally see Rob making up that, that rap song about LeBron. <laughs> Uh, yeah, this, the, the public facing part of it is, is not like Rob's strong suit, but you know, Kendall is quietly a killer when he needs to be. God, I did not mean for that double impounder to work there, but <laughs> <laughs> Rob gets the job done when he needs to. Right. Um, yeah. and you can like quibble about the execution, right? Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. He's Kendall is supremely not perfect, mm-hmm. but he's probably the best in the family for what the family needs from him. Exactly. You no, know, uh, depending on like where, where Shiv goes next. Like if Shiv completely throws Tom away, like if mm-hmm. she just gets completely away from Tom, I think she she's in for a really strong season. Um, and in that, in that regard, like I could actually see a little of, of uh, Rob and Shiv, but the, the, the issue there though, is that like, like you're talking about, I don't think Shiv is as, devoted to the family as rob is devoted to the lakers yeah like rob was um, rob and kendall literally groomed for the family business right like this mm-hmm. is what they've been working towards yeah right who would have been who would have been like because they 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 were groomed for the family business but they are all also like groomed for the same position so like as they were coming up if mm-hmm. we're to can like is 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 shim like linda rambus like if that like, i i don't know um so i <laughs> I've actually Shadow had this executive before, you know, uh, <laughs> about the Lakers in succession. And like back in the day, I thought that Shiv was Kuzma. Um, <laughs> just like, it seems like they're, you know, heading towards something and then it doesn't quite happen. Yeah. But, uh, on the, I had a really hard time with the current iteration of the Lakers trying to figure out a Shiv. Like, and yeah. Um, well, Shiv was so clearly genie before. Yeah. Right. Like Kendall was, Jim and Shiv was genie and it, it, like that's what made the whole thing make so much sense because that like trifecta at, at the top of it mm-hmm. with like with even um Roman being uh I guess he would have been Jesse right and and so like it, when when Dr. Bus was still alive this made a whole bunch more sense but I think it's actually more interesting doing it in this iteration now because it really exactly. speaks to how like how out of the ordinary the Lakers organization kind of functions. Sometimes mm-hmm. it, it, it really, really helps, right? In the case of uh, Kendall, Rob, working with, uh, working to bring, if he could, Logan back into the fold or introduce him to the fold, into this new generation of the fold. Um, but I think, I think with, with Rob, the one thing though, and, and this is why I had him as more of a Tom, I don't know necessarily how good Rob actually is Mm. like I, and, and this gets me in trouble. You know, I, if you don't bow to the prayer of Palenka or to the altar of Palenka, like you, you get excommunicated from Lakers Twitter. But like, I think, I think while Rob has been around for some really good things happening, uh, he was around when magic convinced LeBron to come to the Lakers. He was, uh, he, he was around also as magic fell short with negotiations for Anthony Davis and, and Rob took over and was able to bring AD into the fold. Um, but also like Rob was also there when he let Alex Caruso walk and Rob has also been there when he let Dwight Howard walk. And he, you know, he has also done some things that like, I just see, I just see Tom as similarly devoted but more selfishly than Kendall. I think Kendall is devoted to the family because of the blood. And then Tom is more, is more devoted to, to the idea of the Roy family, because that's the only way Tom is ever going to assume any kind of actual power. He's incapable of it otherwise. And I think for, for, for Rob, I, I, I want to see, I want to see similarly to Kendall, I guess too, I want to see what it looks like when LeBron isn't around. Like, I want to see what it looks, what, what Rob Polinka, the GM looks like when he doesn't have uh, Logan pulling the strings from behind, from behind the scenes. Yeah. I think I just have a much lower opinion of Tom's competence than you do. Uh, and I'm willing to give Rob well, much more credit than what Tom. I, I don't, I don't, I, I want to believe that, that Rob is really, but like the negotiations that he's had, has he really added to the negotiations? Like, cause I mean, I, I, he made the same trade that magic was on trade. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But like, 
it didn't get done with magic, yeah. right? And it got done with Rob. And that regardless of like what the reported packages were, like he got the deal done. And yeah, like maybe they gave up one too many picks, but the the fact that he was able to execute the deal, I think. Um, mm-hmm. And then if you look at all of the star trades that have taken place since then, like it's kind of the template now, like, right. Like Paul George required five picks and like drew holiday required unprotected picks as well. You know, like Mm -hmm. I think drew holiday, I mean, obviously that the player compensation didn't work out the same with drew because Ingram and Lonzo were better than, you know, Eric Bledsoe and George Hill. But I think in hindsight, the negotiation that Rob Palenka had for Anthony Davis looks a lot better than it did at the time. Um, So I'm willing to give him more credit than I was in the moment, you know, for that Mm -hmm. specific deal. Um, You know, yeah, that's a really good point. Labored the Russell Westbrook thing to to death at this point. I, we just have to see him play before I relitigate that one. Um, But yeah, like I, I think he's done a lot of good things. Um, and obviously the things that I don't like, I've, I've talked about at length on this podcast and people remind me of that all the time, but, um, I, I just think his, his centrality to the Lakers operation is far more Kendall than Tom. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's for sure. Does this make, uh, magic you and Roy Logan's brother? <laughs> <laughs> I did not consider magic Johnson in this at all. Ewan is very much like, I don't want anything to do with this. Like, yeah. that's you doing your thing over there. Uh, and and I and like magic literally is like, I'm not going to be there. So yeah. like Ewan, literally, I'm not going to be there. That's a good one. Um, did did you have a shiv or you made shiv genie, right? Uh, no, I have. I'm actually I, I had shiv as genie originally, but I think mm-hmm. Marsha makes a lot more sense. OK, shiv. Like, I don't know if there is a person with the Lakers who I consider like, I guess it would be AD because, like, uh, cause I, I think Shiv is the most, I think competent Roy sibling. Okay. Like by, by quite a bit. Very fair. Uh, yeah. And I, and I don't, I don't think there is a Laker executive comparably competent as, as Shiv Roy is. Um, but if you're, if you're extending that out and, and you're having like, if you're considering Anthony Davis as an executive, which he kind of sort of operates as it's part of the brain. Still trust, very, yeah. yeah. Still very capable of making mistakes. Uh, Andre Drummond happened, but, but I think, I think uh, Shiv as AD makes the most sense to me. I, I think you're spot on with that actually, because you kind of think of how like Logan wanted to hand the reins over to Shiv. Like LeBron was very outwardly saying that like, this mm-hmm. is going to be AD's team. And then was just like, nah, <laughs> Like, I still know what I'm doing better. <laughs> right. Well, he handed the reins over to AD and AD was like, I'm a power forward. Yeah. <laughs> like, actually, all right. No, I'll thanks. Take the Let's bring it back. <laughs> so I like that. I like that. Um, I went with uh, Jim Bus as Connor. Like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just you see way Jim Buss mounting like a you know a gubernatorial <laughs> campaign, a counter coup. <laughs> like, <laughs> like the fact that the very notion of it makes you and I laugh like that tells us that he's a Connor. Like he's yeah. he's always he never should have because I think Connor's the oldest, right? Yeah, he comes from a different mother too. Yeah, uh, which I don't think is the case. I think. No, Jim, Jim and Junior for the same, yeah, same mom. The break but comes I, later, I do yeah. think I do think when it comes to um, when it comes when it comes to like what would have happened if Connor took over, like, yeah. <laughs> everybody would have been begging for Kendall or Shiv to to yeah, yeah. you know perform a coup and get him out of there. You know, Connor really low key has a great uh, comedic efficiency too. I just think he's used less than than Tom and Greg. Yes, I'm, I'm with you 100%. He had one of my favorite lines. I believe it was in season two where they're all on the world. They're all on that giant boat. That the boat giant yeah. Yacht. yeah. And he's sitting there and he's like running for an elected officer considering it. Yeah. And he's like, look, guys, they made me a meme. It's- <laughs> <laughs> the con heads. <laughs> yeah. Couldn't we see? Couldn't we see <laughs> a Jim bus? 
look guys <laughs> they're protesting me like <laughs> Even though, yes, I know the Laker fans weren't necessarily protesting Jim Bus; they were just yeah. protesting the Bus family, general, which is yeah. also very Succession. Like, <laughs> couldn't mm-hmm. you see? Couldn't you see? Like on Succession, well, I think they've literally been protested because they're like Fox News, right? Yeah. They operate basically as Fox News, so mm-hmm. literally been protested. So that's something these these two entities have in common. Definitely do. Uh, did you have a Greg? You had. You had Tom as Rob. So did you have a Greg? Yeah. So, so Greg, like, it's hard to find somebody. It was initially hard to find somebody who was like funny enough to be a Greg, but it's, it's Kurt Rambis. (laughs) It's a, it's a zillion percent Kurt Rambis. It was, I got actually annoyed at myself for thinking about it as long as I did before coming to the (laughs) understanding that it's Kurt Rambis. That's really good. I I didn't have a Greg. I couldn't think of anyone. I mean, think about the things that that like if you put gregory yes i'm calling like gregory i'll call i'll call you this while i say something really disrespectful but like think of the things that greg would have gotten in trouble for in the nba if he was just let loose on the nba and like would it be that different from the things that kurt rambis like (laughs) encountered over the course of his career i don't think so yeah and there's just like the the sneaky competence too from Greg, mm-hmm. um, just how like Kurt Rambis just knows how to maintain his hold on power. <laughs> yeah, it's very important. <laughs> he's he's better than most. It turns out that's why I think like he could also be Tom with Linda being Shiv, right? Because because okay. Shiv, look. Uh, we don't, nobody knows. There's been zero reporting done on what Linda Rambis actually does for the Lakers. Her but name just comes up all the time. <laughs> she's always there. And she is, uh, she has been very good at maintaining that power, you know, through her relationship with Jeannie. Jeannie which, and with Kurt, yeah. Yeah. And so like with, no, I, I, th- I think Kurt actually has access to the Lakers because of Linda, not because I don't think it's the other way around. I think. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Like, so, so I think, I think, he could also function as Tom, but it's way funnier to think of him as like Greg showing up. That is interesting. Uh, a Shiv Tom Linda Kurt combo. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> also, like, could you see Kurt showing up one practice? Like, guys, can you call me Curtis <laughs> <laughs> with a new haircut, asking people to feel his hair? Does Greg ever wear glasses? It's a really sh- deal. For that's going to be episode one. Yeah, really. <laughs> his new look. His new look. <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't wear glasses to the congressional event. Like, cause you know, that's what a lot of people do. They try to make themselves look weaker. They wear glasses when they're in trouble for stuff. That seems like the thing that Gregory should have done. Let's see Uh, who else is there to talk about. Um, I have uh, Rondo as Roman. Rowan. Which one is Rowan? Roman. Oh, Roman. Rondo is Roman. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. Roman's difficult to place because he's a really weird character. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's like sort of where relu- I went with Rondo. <laughs> you're, you're really reluctant to compare anybody to Roman because he's like disgusting. Like, he's not. That's so true. you feel like you're offending anybody who, who, which, you know. I'm not going like to lie. The alliteration brought- was hard to ignore with <laughs> Rondoman. <laughs> Rajon Rondo and Roman Ryan is a little hard to ignore. <laughs> That's a really good one. It also works too, right? Because he's somebody that for whatever reason is tremendously respected by the, like the top of the the ladder. They're, they're really Mm -hmm. pulling for Rondo. Like even when Rondo was bad and like he, when he was regular season, Rajon Rondo, the people at the top were really pulling for him. Like, dude, get your stuff together, get your stuff together. And like Roy was just giving him or Logan was giving him, opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to to try to make something of himself mm-hmm. so we'll see if if roman has like his playoff rondo moment yeah which uh yeah that's he had the opportunity out. for <laughs> he, he had the opportunity for but i think he crashed a uh yeah i he so my my plot knowledge is a little lacking right now in season two but roman yeah. does something good doesn't he 
uh, he he definitely has a come up. Like I I yeah. I have to I'm I'm literally about to embark on a rewatch of season two to get ready yeah. for for season three. So we'll fill then that in as we go along. But but who do you have as Frank? Like who's your? Oh, I didn't have a Frank. This was the end of my list. Yeah, because like Frank, Frank is low key one of the good like. The secret sauce here is that the people on the peripheries who aren't Roy family mm-hmm. are actually pretty good at what they do. So like, like Frank is, is pretty Jerry, good. Yeah. And yeah. Jerry is pretty good. Um, we, I, I think we've been, we like, maybe he's Frank Vogel, right? Like maybe he hasn't been around long enough. I don't think to, mm-hmm. to for, for this to actually work. Uh, but, but I could see like, you know, Vogel is actually good at, what he does he's a very good defensive coach frank mm-hmm. is a good defensive lawyer good people so manager yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's all i got too though that's it's yeah. such a good show you guys need it's to good. check it out if you haven't watched it yet yeah i'm glad we both landed on the lebron logan <laughs> <laughs> i was so bummed like, <laughs> i was like this is my genius moment i i'm, I'm finally gonna sound smart with sabrina nope she beat me to it <laughs> is what happens when you let me host i get to all the good ideas first <laughs> <laughs> well anyway i hope you enjoyed our a trevor ariza succession themed crossover uh and make sure you're subscribed to the silver screen roll podcast for lakers content and succession content apparently every day of the week uh i fully expect just a regular succession drop in once the episodes start coming up you know on october 17th <laughs> Oh no, what's going to happen now is people are going to like randomly at us with like their characters that they want, which by the way, do like have do. fire away. Yeah. yeah. I want, I want your thoughts on the characters. And then also as the season goes along, something will either happen with the Lakers or something will happen in succession where people yeah. will be like, Oh my God, did you see what it's LeBron? Like- Boyd did? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I found this a much more challenging exercise than when we did that Marvel crossover last year, just because these are all inherently bad people and I don't want to like, <laughs> Yeah, you know, equate the Lakers to them quite that way, but I think we captured the general spirit of it. So, yeah, looking forward to seeing how both of these seasons progress. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Anyway, this was some fun, Anthony. Thanks for you know coming along with this idea, and we will talk to you all next week. Yeah.